Welcome back, everyone, to Corporate Courtney. I am your host, Courtney Johnson, and it's been a long time. I shouldn't have left you without a dope floor to step to. I know, it's Courtney, but it has been on the top of my mind since I've been thinking about coming back, and I had to give it to you guys. I'm just as cool as Aaliyah and Timbaland. Maybe not, but it is what it is, and it's recorded and down on paper now. So... I am so happy to be back and recording Floors for Eve on Corporate Courtney. I had no intentions of taking this long of hiatus, but you know what they say, the best laid plans of mice and men. But we pivot and I am back and I am here and not a second too soon. Corporate America has been acting up and y'all have been dying in this era between vaccine mandates the tax increase proposal for households incomes of 400k and limits to the Roth IRA conversions corporate America has had you all in a tizzy but I was in a tizzy of my own so these last three months have been a lot but I thought I would share my experience instead of going into some of that other crazy stuff because if we're going to be honest Most of my listeners are not making $400,000 a year and you won't be making it next year or the year after that. So you have some time for this not even affect you. And if you're making over $400,000 and you're worried about the Roth IRA conversions, you probably really aren't playing with your money as smart as you think you are anyways. So that being said, no one's got $10 million in their 401k that's listening to corporate Courtney. So I think you can take a breath, sit down, and wait for the next election cycle. (laughs) But for me, some of you knew I was having more pressing issues in my corporate America day-to-day life. I know I mentioned it in a lot of episodes at the beginning of season two, but I was actively looking for a change in career. I had been doing supply chain for the last six-ish, seven-ish years, and as I moved into product management, I started to understand that The idea of product management and some of its core values and principles, I couldn't truly execute in supply chain. A lot of the ways that corporate America is set up, things have to happen. You have to open up new buildings. You have to store SKUs in certain places. You have to get ETAs in tighter. So there's no creativity and there's no value that can be assessed other than, are we getting things there faster? And so I felt like I had been in this position of really developing my space, but I got to a point where I was kind of stuck and it was very stagnant and I personally wasn't growing. Though I loved what I did and I loved my team and I loved my management, it was really time for me to start branching out and figuring out what was next for me. But in the world of covid and uncertainty. I personally wasn't open to leaving my company yet. And I still thought there was so much more that I could learn under being under the same company. 
and being in the same corporation. I wanted to make an internal move. And though, what is this now, October? So for the first five months of the year, I was doing interview after interview and networking virtually, trying to make that next step into a more online space, something that was customer facing, something that was going to give me the ability to be able to hit customer pain points, assess value for myself, create my own roadmap. And I was hitting bricks. Interview after interview, I was being told that they loved me. They really want me in their department, but either they had some internal candidate lined up or I was making a move that wouldn't be smiled upon by C-suite leadership. To give you more information, I was willing to take a step down in title to go into a space that I actually would grow in and would actually open me up to more money later on in my career. But when it was being discussed, and I've kind of gotten to the final round about placing me in that role and in that position, it came down to the VPs would never approve this. I'm not going to take a supply chain rock star and demote her to come over here regardless of pay or experience or whatever else we want to talk about as personal development. So after that, I kind of felt a little crushed because I was really excited about that opportunity in that role. And I knew it was going to open up so many more doors for me later on in my career. But July came around and I ended up needing surgery. So my interview, my job search kind of had to take a pause. And so did the podcast. And while I was having surgery, I didn't realize that my apartment complex was going to go up on my rent $300 a month. So I ended up not renewing and having to pack up my entire apartment and one, try to find housing because I was already kind of in the market to look for a house or other apartments and Everything was just sky high in Atlanta. I couldn't find affordable or what I deemed affordable living housing to save my life at that moment. Apartments with roaches and one bedrooms were going to cost me $1,400. So I made the decision with the help of my parents to bring it on home to Knoxville, Tennessee. And I'm going to do that until I can figure out what I want to do and what I'm doing. So Thankfully, I have been working from home since the pandemic started and with the Delta variant getting so much more aggressive, there really hasn't been talk about us going back into the office. Now, I know some of you have gotten official word that, you know, virtual work from home is going to be permanent for some companies, but a lot of companies are keeping people kind of on a leash. They kind of want to bring us in but they kind of don't want anyone to quit because of that. So it's all, we'll let you know, we'll let you know. And unfortunately, I work for a company that's in that we'll let you know category. But in the meantime, I'm going to take every advantage I can. And so if staying at home with my parents and baby sister for a couple of months saves me some money, gives me some peace of mind while I try to recover, then so be it. But my plan was a few months and then I ended up with a complication from my surgery. 
So really, it's not really at the front of mind to find housing at the moment. Right now, I'm really just trying to heal as best as I possibly can. But of course, that's also not how life also works. I started getting emails from people I had interviewed with over the last few months about openings that were coming up probably a week after my surgery. So I ended up having an interview or a sit down with a senior director in the department that I was looking to get into. He essentially told me it was like a first time caller, long time listener situation where he kept hearing all these praises about this girl who's been doing interviews from all these different people, but things didn't work out here or there. And he was like, I've got to meet her. And so he put time on my calendar a week and a half after my surgery. So I ended up going back to work, but from home a little bit sooner and sat with him, discussed it. And essentially he laid it out for me. He said, what do you want to do? How can I find you a spot on my team and give you the opportunities you're looking for to grow? Which is insane. One, I don't typically get to sit down with senior directors and talk about my hopes and dreams. And two, you don't often get to hear about stories where that kind of frankness is coming from someone in that kind of leadership position. So after discussing with him kind of what I was looking for, the things that I enjoy doing, the things I don't enjoy doing, he ended up sending me a name of someone that reports to him and told him he was going to talk to him about me and see if he couldn't slate me in that opening spot. That afternoon, I then heard from that guy and he was like, I have a spot. The senior director just called me. I don't know what the urgency is, but as soon as I get my ducks in a row, I will give you another call. And it was just like that. I was in the interview process all over again. And this was at a point where I was just happy to be doing my job as easily as I could while I tried to recover. When I had surgery, my manager was so great. She was able to let me come back when I decided I wanted to, leave when I wanted to, and all of my follow-up appointments that I needed to do with my surgeon. She was like, take off, take all the time you need, rest, do what you need to do, let me know if I can help you. And that is why it is so important to consider who your management is when you're taking these jobs. Especially if you're in a part of your career where you're not forcing yourself into some place, these are the things that you wanna consider. Who are you reporting to? What are their beliefs? Do they believe in people first? Are they going to support you professionally and personally? And that was so major for me because even though I came back sooner, I had the peace of mind that I was supported in what I was doing and I wasn't anxious about missing work or what was going to happen or what someone would think of me. And that also takes a lot of the pressure off of what you're dealing with. So I strongly urge you all to consider that when you're making decisions about which teams and which roles you're taking. But probably a month after that, I had done two more interviews, was given a job offer, and I was moving officially out of supply chain. So in the last three months, I've had surgery, I've moved, I've taken a new position, and it's been exciting. It's been a lot, but it's been exciting. And I'm very thankful for the opportunities that I'm coming across and how I'm dealing with them and all the different learning lessons that I'm taking away from this whole experience. But 
this wouldn't be corporate Courtney if I didn't give you some real tea about the whole situation, right? Throughout this whole year, I've been networking and talking to different people in the space I was trying to land. And I knew from the landscape that even with a lateral move, I was going to be looking at making some major moolah. Trust, departments that make money pay better than departments that mostly saving money. Do whatever gets you in the door, but keep your eye out for the money-making departments. So I knew what salary I was looking at, what most senior product managers or people with my title had, and how much they were making in the area. When I finally got this new job in this new department that I knew kind of where it was going, I was significantly lowballed in the base salary area. And if you're not new to the podcast, you're very aware from floor nine. I truly believe closed mouths don't get fed. So I asked for what I thought I deserved. And like I talked about, I've done this for every job, role, and position I've accepted. If they offered me a salary, I asked for more. And I at least tried to negotiate from where they started. And this is the first time that I kind of got told no, straight up. No, we can do a little of this, we can do a little of that. It was a solid, this is a 5% increase from your base salary now. And that is as high as we can go. But from my own research, I knew that that's unacceptable because I'm still being significantly paid less than other people in the area. We're doing the same job. We report to the same people. Why wouldn't I want or expect to be paid the same? Especially if I know better. You know better, you do better, right? So having this manager now tell me that I can't get that because of where I started from felt a little insane because I've also known other people who move from supply chain and aren't being paid as little as I am. So my question had to be how or what about my situation and my scenario would prevent that? And they stood on their laurels that they wouldn't go more than 5% increase. And I had to sit down with what I would consider someone in a higher position and they were brutally honest for the most part if I'm getting a straight answer no and I'm coming with factual information about others that have moved from this position and they're still not willing to do anything I can either do a lawsuit leave the company or take what I'm given and do what I can show them that I'm worth this effort and this money and try and do a course correction towards the end of the year. And to be honest, y'all, I'm tired. I'm tired. I had surgery. I've moved. I've got a new role. I'm trying to figure out different things. I'm not, I'm not in the mood to try and now do interviews again outside of the company. So I had to have a real long sit down with myself and say, although I understand that I'm being underpaid, not grossly, but it is a little insulting. I have to do what I need to do at this level as a learning lesson, do the work, be great at the work, and be prepared for my next steps. So if that means I'm waiting until we can do course correction, or if that means I'm making the right steps to find another position in another company, then I'll be it. And at this moment, 
for me and what's best for my sanity and my peace, that is staying here, doing what I need to do. It is a pay bump for a lateral move, so it's nothing to snot at. I am aware that I'm being underpaid. I've decided there's nothing that within my realm of control that I can change. So I can either leave or stay. I'm not finding lawyers and doing some EEOC lawsuit. It just, it, it isn't that big of a deal to me. However, I thought it would be nice to share that sometimes when you do the research, you ask for the right things. You are the squeaky wheel and you're trying as hard as you can to get the oil. Sometimes you really don't. And there are only so many things that you can do after that, but you do have options. And at the current moment, personally for me, leaving where I am and any uncertainty isn't necessarily what I want. In fact, just moving teams while I'm still recovering from surgery and having to try and explain that I'll be out, you know, certain times to see surgeons and let things happen was hard enough of a change for me. So doing that with an entirely new company and starting out fresh and brand new doesn't make sense to me right now. And I really think that giving myself time in this role, whether I am underpaid or not, is going to give me the experience that I do need to be successful outside of this company later. So this is just a real life example of just because you ask for it doesn't mean it's coming. And all in all for this episode is when you're least expecting things, things do come, okay? So if you're pressing and you're pressing and you're not making it anywhere, you feel like you're, you've been stuck and you've been doing all this stuff and moving around and trying to get unstuck and you can't think about it like you're stuck in quicksand, right? You fighting makes it worse. Sometimes you have to stop, relax and let things settle and then try to get yourself out again. The season isn't forever. Things will change. But you had better be ready for what you're asking for. And that's all I've got for you guys this week. Thank you for joining. Thank you for listening. Thank you for your patience since I've been gone. A lot of you have been like, hey, when are you coming back? What's going on? Are you okay? So I do appreciate it. I did need this time to take a break and a breath. But I am back. I've got some Good thoughts on episodes coming up, but if you guys have more or you have suggestions or things that you would like to hear or opinions you would like to give, please feel free to reach out to me at the corporate Courtney podcast at gmail.com or you can find me on Instagram and Twitter at underscore corporate court. And until next time, toodles. Who's the girl in the pink capri? It's Courtney. It's Courtney. Who's the girl who